This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via our toll-free number. That's 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites, and we do it for free. So take a look, freetalklive.com. We start things out by going to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Jacob in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi, Jacob. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Yeah. Recently had the guy who wrote Super Combine Master RPG on your show. That's right, Danny Ladone. Just like share an interesting case of an even more baffling link between a murder and a video game in Germany. What's going on? Two 17-year-old boys were arrested for murder this past weekend. It was like the 16th of January when the story was broken. Mm-hmm. In the small German village of Tessin after invading a couple's home and stabbing them both to death. Oh, boy. The police caught up with them after they kidnapped a 15-year-old female friend, bound and gagged her, and had then held a knife at her throat for an hour before giving themselves up. The murderers' names? Reno and Sephiroth. Police asked what Torben B. and Felix D. called themselves. They carried out the grisly crimes, and when the police can see their computer, they copy of Final Fantasy VII installed. You probably know the rest here. In Germany, Final Fantasy VII is now being labeled as a killer spiel, a killer game. This game has been out for ten years. You know, it's a turn-based RPG. It's ridiculous, though. I mean, just because uh-huh. I, there's there's many many 15 and 16 year old boys that imagine them uh, imagine themselves as some kind of superhuman, super evil uh, sort of mm-hmm. dark force, and uh, you know they can't come up with their own name, so they pick some name out of Final Fantasy VII <laughs> called Sephiroth or right, whatever. Right, pretty boy. You know, whatever, um, and it, it, it's a good-sounding name. Um, one of them could have very well called themselves the Arbiter from uh, what's? Uh, shoot. I have no idea. I Halo can't. Two. What is which one? Halo Two. Yes. You know, I mean, any old uh, name they want to pick. I mean, obviously these guys are doomed uh, space marine. <laughs> they're, they're meant yeah, to. Germany is the same country where you can't have red blood in video games. It has to be green. Really? That's and they also want standardized game laws to conform with theirs all across the EU. Oh well, wow. of course. Green blood. I had no idea about that. That's uh, that's retarded. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, this of course leads to all the games which are exactly the same as here, only they've changed the graphics. Oh yeah, and they also re- re- do the plotline. So oh yeah, they're just, they're robots. Don't worry, they don't actually change any graphics, but they're robots. Yes. Yeah. Just on it. They Amazing. Just, they just mentioned that the en- enemy troops are robots. So now, did these kids actually chalk up their murder, or the, the, wait, they killed somebody, right? Right. Did they actually chalk it up to Final Fantasy, or did they just find a copy of the game? They just found a copy of the game on their hard drive and blamed it on it. That's all I've got. The story Absurd. I've got was on Kotaku.com since I can't read German. Amazing. Thanks for bringing that to us, man. Any other thoughts? Not really, other than this is really stupid. And, yeah. well, well, get ready, because it's coming so here. It's coming here, Jacob. It. If Hillary Clinton and uh, Joe Lieberman and the rest of those guys in Washington, D.C. get their way... And then Jack Thompson, don't forget him. Yeah, don't, well, he's not a politician yet. Uh, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I think it's probably only a matter of time before old Jack Thompson runs for office, trying to save us all from ourselves. God knows. You know, there's a competition going on in Washington, Mark, between the Republicans and the Democrats. Both of them are trying to compete to show who's more family-friendly and uh, who's going to regulate video games the yeah, fastest. Therefore, who's tougher on video games? Right. You know, if these video games were so dangerous, shouldn't we all be dead by now? No, we should all be killing one another. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I played video games most days, most days. I, mean, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't have time for it anymore. But when I was younger, I spent countless hours in front of Doom and Half-Life and 
other uh, soldier of fortune, various first-person shooters, which are really the goriest of the gory. I mean, they're the most violent of violent games. I mean, these these are the same sort of mentally unstable people that could be just as easily um, convinced by Catcher in the Rye to mm. kill somebody, or um, the epic poem of Beowulf. Sure. It just it's it's ludicrous to say that uh, somehow these video games have more effect. I mean. You know, in the 1980s, it was Dungeons and Dragons is turning our kids into satanic killers. God, get a freaking grip. Yep, and as time goes on, video games are becoming more and more photorealistic. And so the fact that games are becoming more realistic is going to lead the Congress people to um, the conclusion that, well, these games are so real now, children won't be able to tell the difference between games and reality. But and wh- so we must ban these games. But what about movies? It I was mean- it was one thing when Mario was eight bit and jumping on the heads of the uh, the Koopa Troopers, <laughs> but it's a whole other thing when you can see him in full 3D. Then it's really getting scary. <laughs> Not sure what a Koopa Trooper is. It's the little guys with the the turtle shell things. I don't know if that was their name, but back then, uh, anyway. <laughs> so the graphics are getting way better than they used to be. It's not Pong anymore. You can actually, when you're in a first-person shooter game and you hit somebody in the head with the with a rifle shot, their head comes off. You know, blood spurts everywhere, and they actually do research nowadays. They've got physics engines in the game. <laughs> They've got physics engines to where the uh, the engine will actually correctly render the blood spattering. Right, and um, it'll it'll uh, you know if the guy gets shot in the left shoulder, he'll tear left. Right. If he gets shot in the right shoulder, he'll tear right. Yeah, it's yeah. getting that way. It's becoming yeah. very, very realistic. I love it. I think it's great. It's cool. It's really exciting to play uh, games like that. But uh, it's going to give more fuel for the fire for these politicians. You see where I'm coming from? I, I absolutely. I know that uh, you know unless we uh, manage to do something to derail um, derail the regulators out there, they're going to regulate the crap out and of you video games. Is, you know what it is, Mark? It's really an insult to kids. When when I was younger, I knew the difference between game and reality. I knew the difference even between movies and reality. And those are real people on the screen. And what they're telling you essentially is that, oh, your kids are so stupid that they can't determine the difference between pushing buttons on a controller and playing a video game uh, with real real life. They can't compare the two. It, it all blends together because your kids are so retarded. That's what they're telling parents. And it's it's an outrage. It's an insult to their intelligence. You know, I, you would think that uh, the Three Stooges would have quashed this whole argument. What do you mean? 80 years ago or whenever. Um, you know, the Three Stooges have been around a long time, and they've been poking each other in the eyes and whacking each oh, other yeah. on the head. It's kicking extremely each other in the violent. Family. Very. It's violent. As the, <laughs> I mean, there's no blood, but yeah. the, the the I think that it's um, worse because... The violence that they no consequences. Right, there's no consequences right, you blow at all. Up, something blows up, they come out with a little black face, like a cartoon. And right, then, their and hair is smoking. Scenes, yeah, two scenes later, and they're okay. Well, you know, they poke somebody in the eye, and they don't go blind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's violence right. that uh, we we, sh- we shouldn't have, as far as I'm concerned. Was there outrage about the uh, the Three Stooges back in the day? I think there probably was. There must have been. I would think so. These people, I'm sure these do-gooders have always been around. These individuals that uh, make it their life's mission to protect children and everybody else in the world from anything that could possibly influence their behavior. And, of course, it's, it's again, ludicrous to believe that these games are influencing people's behavior. You have to remember there are the, – the video game industry now, Mark, billion, multi-billion dollar industry. Bigger now, I believe, than Hollywood movies. 
I believe that is the case. I would, uh, if it isn't, it's, it's certainly you can point out video games that are bigger than Hollywood movies. Oh, uh, yeah. The biggest video games are bigger than the biggest movies. And it's just going to continue to um, to expand the market. Uh, there's going to be more demand as games. I think games have crossed over into a truly adult medium. You know, back in their back in the day, there was certainly a fair number of adults that were playing them, but a lot of the the titles were targeted at kids, and uh, and that's starting to shift. That's been shifting for the past decade or so. Well, um, I'm probably at the very cusp of this. We had an Atari 2600 when mm, I was a kid, yes. and that's good time. Pretty much it. Um, and you remember ET? I didn't you know the the game worst one of the worst games ever. <laughs> well, I had uh, the Pac-Man and I had uh, some uh, adventure game called Adventure yeah. with a like a little arrow that they called a sword Right. and you had to stab the dragon in the correct direction. Um it, it could only stab left. Yeah. Um you know and I had Defender and those kind of things. That was a classic. It was it was great. How about Berserk. Berserk. Uh, I know that I played it um, on the stand-up game. I don't think I had the uh, 2600 gotcha. version. And, you know, the 2600 version was a real letdown of anything that was in a stand-up game at mm-hmm. that point. It was just nothing. It was just squ- dots, squares. Yes. So I grew up playing these things, and um, so obviously I'm going to continue if I enjoyed it. You should just be a psycho ki- killer by now. Just as the kids that grew up on television, you know, their life is set, um, you know, in their 40s, they're sitting on the couch watching TV. This needs to uh, this persecution of the video game industry needs to come to an end before it gets really dangerous. They've yet to install any manda- uh, mandatory systems or mandatory rules. It, it's all being self-regulated at this point, and that's good. But that's not where the politicians want to leave it. They want more control. It's almost self-regulated. They made them regulate. Yeah, it's, that's true. Um, they want more control, and they're going to do what it takes to get it. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show, 800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, also known as the Packet8.net toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. we got lots of features, and we give them all away, including... The Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. You can see what I mean if you head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? Many people would say that's Ron Paul. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February the 23rd to the 25th, 2007. Meet presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential people who, who support your freedom. Register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We're going to be there. Yes, we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward mm. to it. And in fact, it's going to be here before you know it. Now, we're at, what, four weeks out, five weeks out at this Since point? Since Ron Paul's uh, probably going to make a run for president by the look by the looks of it, I wonder if he'll announce at the Liberty Forum. Ooh, it could happen. Either way, it's going to be cool to meet him. So, sure. freestateproject.org for more information there. 800-259-9231. We, were, uh, we started out, Jacob called in from Ohio pointing out another uh, story, I guess this one out of Germany, about some kids who murdered someone, abducted a 15-year-old girl, and then uh, they found Final Fantasy VII on their hard drive and blamed it on the game. Apparently it's the game's fault. 
As and, though that's going to get them. I don't know if it's, in Germany it's going to get them any less time, but in the United States it's sure not going to. It's just going to, you know, get all people all excited about video games. Well, that's what's going on in the United States. Uh, you've seen we've seen people uh, over the past several years. There's incident after incident that happens, and people keep chalking up violent incidents to the fact that kids play video games when in fact all it really is is just mentally disturbed individuals. Yeah. That's all. There have always been kids who have been mentally disturbed. Kids have, there have been, the mentally disturbed kids throughout time have done dangerous, violent things, and somebody's always chalked it up to something, whether as you pointed out, Dungeons and Dragons, or listening to ACDC's Highway to Hell, it's, uh, it's always been somebody else's fault. And that's part of the problem, one of the pro, one of the myriad of problems we have in America today, and that is this lack of responsibility that the government encourages. And not only does the government encourage it, but the American people seem to just lap it up. The American people seem to just want to transfer as much of their responsibilities to governments as they possibly can. Oh, please, mommy government, take care of us. Please, mommy government, take care of my children. I can't do it on my own. Please come up with some more rules for me to follow. You know, and and the thing is, is um, the people that don't play video games... Um, are in a majority in the United States. And it's say, yeah. fun and it's neat to pick on the minority, especially a minority that's not politically correct not to pick on. So, you know, just go after the video games. They're bad. The video- people that play them, screw them. So the government encourages this behavior by continuing to make new rules and regulations, continuing to uh, to abdicate people's uh, individual responsibility for their own lives and their own children. And here's another example, Mark, as to how this is happening, how this responsibility is being abdicated. And some adults are just going right along with it, which, of course helps justify what the government's doing. When when adults come to government and say, oh, please help me, oh, I need your help, government, well, then government says, here we are, we're going to save the day, we're the government. <laughs> we're going to put a bunch of rules on everybody, and it's not really going to do anything except restrict people's freedom. Here's another example of some whiny parents that can't accept responsibility for their own problems, and they want to blame it on somebody else, and they're going to use the government, in this case the government court system, to try to make things right. The story's out of the Associated Press, New York, ABC News. Four families have sued News Corporation and its MySpace social networking site after their underage daughters were sexually abused by adults they met on the site, lawyers for the family said Thursday. So, I mean, we'll get into a little bit of detail here, but... Do you see where this is going already? Oh, absolutely, I do. It's Some, MySpace's fault. You're right. I, your, your little girl, um, 14, 15, 16-year-old girl, gets on, the computer, gets on the computer at home and starts ticking away dirty messages to some old guy. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if the old guy's 19 or if he's 29. I, I couldn't tell you. Chances are good he's not 39, 49, or 59. Who knows? Whatever. But, but whatever it is, if she's on there ticking away at him, whose fault is that? MySpace's fault, Mark, and they need to pay up. It's not MySpace's fault. It's your fault for not being a good parent. And your little girl wouldn't be on there chatting away with some old guy if you'd have been a good parent in the past. Different law firms from, uh, they name the law firms in the states that they're from, filed separate suits Wednesday in Los Angeles Superior Court alleging negligence, recklessness, fraud, and negligent misrepresentation by the companies. Quote, In our view, MySpace waited entirely too long to attempt to institute meaningful security measures that effectively increased the safety of their underage users. 
I'm not sure that any of the um, safety measures that MySpace has put in it has it is any good. Um, that's going to really do anything. But it right. does allow the parents to spy on their kids' uh, page. But can't the parents spy on their kids on the on the computer? Period. I mean, they should be watching them. They should. Having a computer in your kid's room is it's somewhat dangerous. irresponsible, if I'm afraid. Yeah, well, if you're concerned, well, it's only irresponsible if you haven't actually communicated anything to your kids. Like, if you've never sat with, uh, down with your kids and had an, uh, a conversation with them about meeting strangers over the Internet, well, then, yeah, it's really irresponsible to just hand them a computer. They're going to get in some trouble. But if you've explained to them that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to meet strangers online and that, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you'd come to us and maybe discuss some of these things with us and have, have more of a, a meaningful, communicative re- uh, relationship with your son or daughter then in that case, I don't think you have as much to be concerned with. But it doesn't surprise me that in this day and age where parents are deathly afraid to even talk to their children about sex, let alone meeting people, then it's not a surprise to me that these sorts of things are going on. In a, um, continuing, the families are, by the way, seeking monetary damages in the millions of dollars. Of course they are. That's going to make everything right again. Hopefully these lawsuits can spur MySpace into action and prevent this from happening to another child somewhere, he said. Critics, including parents, school officials, and police, have been increasingly warning of online predators at sites like MySpace, where youth-oriented visitors are encouraged to expand their circles of friends using free messaging tools and personal profile pages. Is all they are is essentially the same thing. It's it's an email uh, yeah. account. It's a middle. They're just a middleman to uh, to allow people who have similar interests to meet one another. There, there have been people meeting each other on the Internet since the beginning, the dawn of the Internet. Back in the, uh, yeah, the, that's what that's, it's for. Right. Back in the day, Mark, there was something called, and there still is, it's Internet Relay Chat. At one time, we had an IRC server, as it's called, on our own website. We had, Remember the Free Talk Live chat room? Yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> well, what would have happened, Mark, if somebody had gone into the Free Talk Live chat room, considering we have a... Well, we, we have a fairly young audience on this show. Mm-hmm. We've got our share of teenagers listening to Free Talk Live. What if some 29-year-old guy went into the Free Talk Live chat room and started chatting up, uh, you know, a 15-year-old girl that was in there? What if they happened to be in the same town or at least a few towns away from another one another? Went and got together and uh, had themselves a little... Whatever they're going to do. And uh, then the girl decides to tell her parents. They go to a lawyer. Is it our fault? Is it our fault, uh, Free Talk Live's fault, because we ran the server that two individuals got in there together and had a little chat? That's my fault? That's what the allegation is here. It's ridiculous. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. We'll get back to more with MySpace and these insane charges being brought against them. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Have you ever met somebody online? And if so, how did that meeting go? Was it awkward? Uh, was the person who they advertised themselves as being more on the way? This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. 
com. We've got archives and entire years worth of the show awaiting you right there on the front page of the website for your listening convenience. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. You just go and get them for free at freetalklive.com. And does you uh, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. MySpace being sued by multiple law firms on behalf of multiple clients... Because the claim is that MySpace is somehow responsible for the actions of individuals using their service, which is absurd. I mean, can you also, for instance, if you go to MySpace, I don't know if you've ever been to this website before. I know you have, Mark. But if you go to MySpace and you look around, go and pull up some profiles of, say, 17 and 18-year-olds. It's inevitable that over uh, time, after you pull up enough profiles, probably won't take you long, you're going to come across pictures of teenagers, underage teenagers, say, engaging in drinking, yeah, which is a violation of the law. And you and I both know that kids are going to drink whether or not there's a MySpace around. They are. But what if someone, for instance, who's on MySpace gets together with another person who's on MySpace. and Happens they both all the time, every day. And they both, discuss, let's say they're even in the same age bracket, maybe 17 to 22, something like that. And let's say that uh, the individuals meet up and they discover, hey, what do you know? We've got drinking in common. So they get together and they drink together. One of them happens to be 21, the other one happens to be 17. And so you've got uh, an underage drinking situation, which has been facilitated by MySpace. Is it is it MySpace's fault that uh, that the young young person is now drinking with a 21 year old? Well, what if um, you have a 17 year old male who's on MySpace, and perhaps he lies about his age, perhaps he doesn't, and he uh, meets up with uh, you know an older female uh, on MySpace and hacks her to death with an axe? Has is MySpace, MySpace responsible? Is fault. I mean, it's just crazy. Yep, that's the. This is how absurd it is. Now, that's what the suggestion is here, is that for some reason, MySpace should be paying millions of dollars to the families of these kids that went and got molested by some sicko. Mm-hmm. And I think it's outrageous. And I'd like to hear it what you outrageous. think. It is outrageous. At 800-259-9231. So MySpace apparently has responded with additional educational efforts and partnerships with law enforcement. The company has also placed restrictions on how adults might contact younger users on MySpace while developing technologies such as one announced Wednesday to let parents see some aspects of their child's online profile, including the stated age. That tool is expected this summer. Well, restrictions on how adults might contact younger users. Hmm. When I looked at MySpace, you could register as a younger user. And if you were registered as a younger user, you could also contact younger users. Like if you're if you're under the age of eighteen, then all of a sudden you can contact people who are under the it's age the, of eighteen. It, it's the internet. It's anonymous. They can't prevent me from going in and pretending to be sixteen, and they can't prevent sixteen um, year olds or from pretending to be twenty one. From pretending to be twenty one. They right. how can you do that? You can't. MySpace serves as an industry leader on Internet safety, says Hemanshu Nigam, MySpace's chief security officer. He says, we take protective measures, proactive measures, rather, to protect our members. We provide users with a range of tools to enable a safer online experience. 
And that's all fine and dandy. Uh, there's certainly nothing wrong with MySpace giving people uh, some assistance with staying safe. Some tips, because apparently their parents sure as heck aren't giving them <laughs> tips. But he said Internet safety is a shared responsibility, and he's right, requiring users to, quote, apply common sense offline safety lessons in their online experiences and engage in open family dialogue, which is exactly what I was talking about before communicate with your kids and you won't have these problems throw a computer in their room with no communication you're going to get it you're going to have some issues yeah absolutely the communication's going to come before or after it happens but it's going to happen the lawyers who might filed as well do it the, before the latest lawsuit said the plaintiffs included a 15 year old girl from texas who was lured to a meeting drugged and assaulted in 2006 by an adult myspace user who's currently serving a 10-year sentence in Texas after pleading guilty to sexual assault. Lure is such an uh, inflammatory term. I mean... She's a sucker. <laughs> Obviously, he's a bad guy, but, I mean, she came of her own volition. He came of his own volition. Obviously, he was hiding things, and you mm-hmm. shouldn't go just meeting people that you find on the Internet, exactly. especially in private places. Exactly I mean, if you're going right. to meet them, meet them at the, the mall. mall. In the food court. Yes. With other people around. That way they can't just grab you and throw you in the back of a pickup truck or in the trunk. It's it's not you know, it's not hard to understand these things, these these tips for meeting other people online. And it doesn't matter if you meet them on MySpace or Match.com or an internet chat room, of which there are probably a few million. There's Yahoo chat, there's uh, there's IRC chat, there's uh, AOL chats, there's so many chat rooms on the, there's chat rooms on websites, individual sites have their own chat rooms. Sure. There are places for people to meet all over, and most of them don't have deep pockets like News Corp. So you're not going to be able to sue the chat room of some little, you know, Star Trek fan website. Right. That's well, not going to work. In the case of Free Talk Live, um, you know, in our website, what, you, what would um, you have gotten out of us when we had our chat room? Not a damn thing. Nothing. The others are a 15-year-old girl from Pennsylvania, 14-year-old from upstate New York, and two South Carolina sisters, age 14 and 15. Last June, the mother of a 14-year-old who says she was sexually assaulted by a 19-year-old user sued MySpace, seeking 30 million dollars in damages i wonder what she got that lawsuit pending in texas uh, claims pending. the 19 year old lied about being a senior in high school to gain her trust and her phone number hmm. news corporation shares blah 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 blah. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number if you've got an experience meeting someone on the internet i'd like to hear about it how'd it go for you i've had two experiences meeting people online one of them was someone who lied about their uh, their appearance and the other one wasn't you really don't ever know what you're going to get, which is why you should do it on a safe basis, like you suggested, in a public place, where if you don't like what you're feeling, if you don't like the appearance of the other person, if you don't like the way they're behaving, if you have any sort of uh, question, if any aspect of the, their behavior should be called into question, you at that point can walk over to a payphone, provided you're an underage person like this article's talking about, call mom and dad and say, Mom, I'm at the at the mall, and I, I don't feel safe. Can you come and get me? Uh, you should be there as fast as she possibly can. You can yep. believe that. 800-259-9231 to Ken in Michigan. You can take control of the airwaves. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's hey, on your mind? Actually, uh, just hearing you talk about the whole online dating thing, uh, brings a, I was actually, uh, I tried the Match.com thing myself, and um, it went, you know, Thing is, this girl turned out to be a socialist, and then you know I kept her around for a little bit for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. But uh, <laughs> after a while, just 
I got to the point where, you know, enough's enough. And, and plus I made it apparent of my whole free state project, you know, orientation and all that. And you imagine how that went down to someone who had, you know, just no concept of that stuff and nor will take the time to even discuss it, to be honest with you. I've heard and, the socialists are at least good in bed, though. And, and so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, actually, to be honest with you, they're all right. They're all right. Not, not, the, not the best. Gotcha. Libertarians but, uh, anyway. do it. Libertarians do it best. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what I really, what I really called to talk about was, um, I'm actually, just, I was just watching Fox, uh, Fox News. Yeah. And they, they had the whole uh, Ed Brown uh, tax trial. They had a little segment for like five minutes today. Uh, really? Actually mentioned the whole wow. Yeah. They pretty much had, you know. Bunch of clips of him at his house and whatnot. They're talking about how he has uh, armed supporters there with him, mm-hmm. and that the feds and any government officials are totally off limits. And it's, I mean, they didn't make him look up, up to be that bad like you normally think. But um, I mean, they had a, a, only like one segment of what he had to say, and it was pretty much like he was saying this: uh, if, "If I die during this uh, round of the war, and I'm presuming he meant like this round of the revolution, mm-hmm. so this is not going to be the end." He goes. Uh, so people are going to keep on fighting the whole line yard. So yeah, it's and, uh, an interesting. So, so they, you, so you're saying they didn't try to make him out, uh, make him look like a crackpot. Yeah, not from what I gather. CNN know. tried to. They tried to make him look a little kooky. Uh, so that's good. Good to hear that. Yeah. And uh, we're going to give you a, a quick update on that case coming up here. Ken, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I know a number of people from the Keene area are planning on heading up there over the weekend. And uh, we'll give you the latest on the Ed Brown case. On the way, your show, you take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, and that is the Packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, though we do ask that you may want to voluntarily support the show in return for all that free stuff by, say, voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com to cast your electronic ballot for Free Talk Live, and by doing so, you'll help keep us in the top ten podcasts of the world, hopefully propel us to number one, which we are currently not. But we could be with your help if you'd go to vote.freetalklive.com. That's vote.freetalklive.com. And uh, the higher we are on that list, the more new people will find the show, thereby discovering the message of freedom and liberty, maybe for the first time. You know, I can't tell you how valuable it is um, to be able to tell advertisers that we're, you know, in the top five podcasts of the world. It's true. So we uh, we just had a call from uh, Michigan, uh, the gentleman on the line pointing out, uh, Ken, pointing out the uh, the Ed Brown situation, kind of just wanted to give you an update. We've been following the trial of Ed and Elaine Brown here in New Hampshire. It's been a federal tax evasion so-called trial that's been going on and they were found guilty yesterday we had ed brown on the show the archives up on our website at freetalklive.com if you want to grab it but we talked to ed shortly after he had discovered not only that he and his wife had been found guilty but also that his wife is uh, pretty much not really that She's sort of distancing herself from Ed. Right. I mean, basically, the state demanded that she, uh, the, the federal government, demanded that she become a you know a turncoat on, on Ed, and and uh, it, in exchange for her freedom, her life, or wh- whatever. I right, mean, they threatened a plea the cra- bargain or something. Yeah, they threatened the crap out of her. Right. So um, it's ruined his marriage. Yeah. And yeah, it's it ruining his life. The federal government ruining his life. And I just wanted to give you the latest. Uh, the, I got an uh, an email blast or a phone blast. There's this neat little system set up here in New Hampshire. Where if you're kind of if you hang out with the nhfree.com crew, you get a phone number and you can call this number. It's sort of like an emergency voicemail blast. What happens is you call the number and you leave a message of whatever length, 
on this little voicemail thing, mm-hmm. and then it blasts the system, blasts it out to everybody who subscribes to it. I see. So you get an email in your inbox saying, hey, there's a voicemail from the NHFree.com, someone from NHFree.com, and anybody can call this number. So Dave Ridley, our, our friend who calls the show um, fairly often, he called in, and he left a message. Apparently the latest is that Ed Brown is... He feels like something might happen, so he's asked for people to come to his house and essentially camp out. Hmm. Not necessarily outside. He's got a barn, and there's some heated areas in the in the home where people are going to be allowed to stay should they want to go out there. And apparently the, the number of people that's, that's at the Ed Brown residence right now uh, has been on the increase, so that's a good sign. And they, that he's asked people to come out there specifically tonight as well as tomorrow, which is Saturday night. And just to show your support for Ed and camp out there and hope that nothing happens. But that's uh, that's sort of the latest. There's not much else that's gone on. Rumor has it, I don't think it's been confirmed, but rumor has it there is a warrant out for Ed's arrest. And the basis for that is, I guess, that it's automatic. You know, if you don't show up for trial, they automatically issue those warrants. Makes perfectly good sense to me. The feds claim that they're not going to do anything. The feds claim they're not going to escalate. But that just could mean that's what they mean for right now. That could change next week. It could change tomorrow. So what else would they say? I mean, yeah, we're going to go in on Friday night at 10 p.m. and kick the doors in. Exactly. No, they're not going to do that. So that's the latest. Um, You can uh, head over to NH3.com. Go to the forum there. To continue to stay up, uh, stay up on what's going on with the Ed Brown situation. Of course, as we learn more, we will bring it to you. I know that uh, myself, uh, my girlfriend, and I, uh, and a few others from the Keene area are going to be traveling up there on Sunday. And w- my roommate said he was going to bring his gun, and I thought, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know if I would want to have a gun on me when the uh, the feds draw down. I don't know if I'm ready to go out at this point. You know what I mean? I like, if you got a gun in your hands and the fr- the feds come onto the property. That's not going to bode very well for you. Well, you know, if anybody's got a gun in their hand and the feds come on the property, yeah. it could not bode well, particularly for, I mean, there's a good chance that innocent people are going to get caught in the crossfire. Yeah. So uh, well, I'll go up there anyway just to see what's going on, meet the guy, I mean, shake his hand, because um, he's, he's a hero. He's a very, very brave guy. And again, we'll continue to give you updates. And since we're talking about the Ed Brown thing, I thought of an aspect of all this that I consider really important. And it really outlines... How the Internet, this whole Ed Brown case, has outlined how the Internet has completely changed the face of the freedom movement in both the United States and around the world. Think about this. Imagine if Ed Brown was in the situation he's in in 1986 or 1987 instead of 2007. Imagine how much more difficult... It would be for Ed Brown to get his message out to interested parties. I mean, what do you have? It's 1987. You've got a you've got a phone line. You can pick up your phone and and call some of your personal friends and maybe have them some call some of their personal friends. Maybe someone will know a radio show host that they could call and and contact and and get to cover the situation. But there's there was there's no information age back then. Right. It, there wasn't a way to. For instance, there's a blog where. You can call one of those 1-800 chat lines that they had that were so big in the 80s. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just, just the, making the, fun the, of those My point things. is your uh, your outreach methods were limited back then. Whereas today, 
there's a blog out there, and I don't know. It's it's a fairly long entry. It's uh, quest for fail quest for fair trial in conquerednh.blogspot.com. Pretty difficult, but if you I'm sure if you go and search for Ed Brown, you can pro- probably find it. Anyway, my point is now there's all sorts of information out there about Ed Brown. Mm-hmm. There's uh, and there's so many news sources out there right. compared to 1987 that um you know with the all these cable uh, news channels that. They have to have stuff to cover 24 hours a day. CNN has covered it. That's true. They didn't really start until uh, the very early 90s. CNN has covered the story. Fox News has covered the story. But you can't count on big media. And, in fact, CNN and Fox News probably picked up the story because there was so much Internet hubbub about it. Uh, Absolutely. That's how they found out about it. Right. Because there are bloggers all over the place that are picking up the story. Because radio shows are picking up on the blogs and getting in touch with Ed and getting him on the air, which is by the, you know, it's all these, all this media is feeding off of one another in today, the information age. If this was 1987, Ed Brown would be dead right now. Mm. If he sticks to his convictions, as it sounds like he's going to, and that is that he doesn't want to go to jail and he doesn't want to leave the country. So, and the feds want to put him in jail. I mean, there's only one or two ways this can really turn out. So if Ed Brown, if the feds came for Ed, and it was 1987, and he put up a fight, maybe you'd get a story on some news station somewhere, but otherwise it'd be dead and buried. The story would be dead, and Ed would be dead, and no one wouldn't be the wiser. I think it would be the equivalent of, and I could never remember this guy's name, but the guy in New Hampshire who had the uh, property uh, tax or property Yeah, I know uh, who you're talking about. Zoning dispute. I tried to think of his name the other day, and I couldn't remember. And he went out shooting a couple of cops. Yeah, he took out some bureaucrats. And then uh, ended up uh, getting shot himself. And, you know, it was just, it was a sad, sad thing, all brought on by a man who was frustrated with uh, dealing with the system and how difficult it is and how uncaring and unfeeling the cogs um, you know, of the machine are. Mm-hmm. And so he decided he was going to, you know, he didn't have any outlet. He didn't have a blog. He didn't have any way to express himself. He didn't right. have a way to draw people to him to protect him or anything like that. He just felt he was one man against the system. The only thing I can do is go out shooting. And that's and he what did. he did. And, he, and, and a bunch of bureaucrats uh, who have families that love them died in the process, and so did he. And he probably got some coverage here in New Hampshire, because that's where it happened. But, but outside I can't of even remember the guy's name. Right. Outside of New Hampshire, though? Nobody knows who he is. No. I can't even, I can't even remember. I mean, one of our um, you know, listeners will send me an email so, reminding me. But So this is really interesting that Ed Brown is probably alive today because of the Internet. Because in 1987, the feds would have just gone in and taken him out. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't have been anybody standing around his property like there is today as a result of him being Well, they would have to tried to get him out of his property, and he wouldn't have gone, and then he would have been right, dead. Right, but, but they would have just gone and done it. Yes, correct. They wouldn't have been concerned about how they would look because no one would be there with a video camera. Nobody would be there. I mean, right now there are people out there with various different recording devices. There are people out there with access to blogs and radio shows like Free Talk Live, television stations. All of this information, so a sort of coalescing to keep this man alive longer than he would have been 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So thank you to the Internet. And Ed's concerned because there aren't enough people out there. Well, Ed wouldn't have anyone there if it weren't for the Internet. Sure. And, you know, people Ed, still have lives. They still Ed's, have... Better, Ed's better off with the, the more people that are there. That's absolutely true. Um, I'm sure that there's. he's told the militia people to stay home. They Certainly that was a group that would have mm-hmm. uh, supported him. Of course, they would have come with their uh, AK-47s. Sure. And, 
I don't think that would have been good. So Ed's been Ed's alive longer because of the internet, and it's one example. Ed the Ed Brown case is just one example of how the internet is completely changing the face of the liberty movement. The Free State Project is another example. The Free and it State wouldn't Project have existed without the internet. Wouldn't have existed. Period. There have been some ideas that have been similar in the past. Libertarians thinking, all right, let's all get together and hang out and move all to the same place, but it never spread beyond you know 15 people or 100 people at most. And now you've got an entire movement full of thousands of individuals that are all going to be moving to the same state for more freedom, all because of the Internet. More on the way. Hour number two is coming up. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number two, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. That, once again, freetalklive.com. All right, so you can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. We were talking about the Ed and Elaine Brown trial. And we continue to bring you updates. And I just wanted to focus in on what I thought was a pretty outrageous article by the Concord Monitor. It's a newspaper up here in New Hampshire. This is an editorial by the apparently the entire Monitor staff. They didn't actually sign anyone's name to this. I see. So it's everyone at the entire newspaper. Must be an editor of some sort. Feels this way. Here's what they had to say. Edward and Elaine Brown, the Plainfield couple who have not paid federal income taxes for nearly a decade are right to hate the U.S. tax code. Like a coral reef, the two, uh, the 20,000-plus page code was built by accretion. It is the, I don't know what that means, it either. is the incomprehensible product of some well-meaning attempts to direct social policy and many self-serving efforts by politicians to reward friends for personal or political gain. Sounds good so far, right? Yeah. But even though the tax code is an abomination, it's also the law! The Browns, who were convicted yesterday of numerous counts of tax evasion, broke that law repeatedly and now must suffer the consequences. In Ed Brown's case, we hope the consequences don't include paying with his life. We specifically hope he or his supporters, in defense of their views, don't take the lives of anyone else. As we write, the retired exterminator and a small group of people who agree with his position are holed up at his Plainfield home. Attempts to remove him, Brown warns, will result in a shootout. Elaine Brown surrendered before the verdict and was ordered not to return home. Law enforcement agencies are negotiating with Brown and reportedly have no plans to assault his fortified house. Yet. Please note, just because the cops say they don't have plans today doesn't mean there won't be plans drawn up tomorrow. Or that they don't have plans currently in the works and that they're keeping them quiet. I mean, obviously they're not going to say what they intend to do or that they intend to do something. Like many tax protesters, the Browns base their refusal to pay on novel interpretations of tax law. Nothing in the law compels them to pay federal income taxes, they say, because payment is voluntary. They also say that the federal government has no authority to levy an income tax in New Hampshire and that income from personal labor cannot be taxed. And they argue that Elaine Brown's dental practice earnings are not subject to New Hampshire's business profits tax because the couple's home is on some sort of federal enclave. Self-serving legal theories like those cited by the Browns are espoused on Internet sites and promoted in books by anti-tax militants. Now... Now, it, it, hold, I, 
you know, the, these people that are um, advocating, uh, you know, violence towards the Browns, because that's really what they want. They want them to uh, be subjugated. Um, with, you know, they don't want to see a shootout. They want to mm-hmm. see them, you know, pay their money. But they've already offered to pay the money. If the IRS would just show them the law that requires them to pay. No, they, they've, they've offered to just settle. That's true. They've they offered did. their money up. They've said, okay, you know, they're, they're here taking the side of the law, but I'm sorry. The law says we want blood or we want, um, you know, true. we want blood or we want time from these people. That's what the law is saying. And these same bleeding, hard, bedwetting liberals um, that are writing this crap, um, you know, advocate all these social programs. So apparently, there's, Ed Brown. Hold on, I don't think it's fair to call them uh, bleeding heart liberals because there's plenty of so-called conservatives that support taxation as well. The, 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 they're the authoritarians. The impression that are. I'm getting from these people is that they're uh, on, on the liberal side of authoritarian. Um, you tell a conservative you don't want to pay taxes because you don't support the military, and they will hate you too. Understood. But the programs that these people support, um, apparently. The, you know, the life of Ed Brown and him, um, him keeping his money is not as important as it is to pay all these little social programs that they th- think are so great. Or on the, um, the reverse side. they're not side, talking about social programs here. They're no, just they're saying, not saying it's anything. the law. They're not saying anything. They're coming at no, it from no, no. an authoritarian standpoint of this is the law. You must obey. It doesn't matter if there's 20,000 pages. It's the law. Sure, but they support um, different um, political programs, I'm and sure then they, do. they hide. They don't. They're never going to say, "Look, people need to die in order to support my freaking program." I've got some that. really great programs here. We've got to feed poor people, or we've got to go to Iraq and shoot up a bunch of brown folks. Whatever their reason is, they're never going to say that. It's the law, and that's why it's important. They're claiming that uh, their refusal to pay is based on novel interpretations of tax law. That's kind of um, silly because. Just because a court makes a ruling that the tax law is there, for instance, the Ed Browns, uh, Ed Brown and uh, Elaine Brown have been saying all along, look, we looked through the laws, which most people don't do. Mm-hmm. We looked through the laws and we couldn't find anything. Maybe we missed something. Maybe you could show us where the law is that requires us to pay these taxes. IRS never got back with them. IRS wasn't interested in showing them the law. What the IRS does do is they'll say, well, you're... Um, you're making frivolous arguments. It's clear, based on these court decisions in the past, that the law is there. We don't have to show you the law. The courts have said the law is there. The courts have said that you have to pay taxes. So it's interesting, isn't it? The IRS relies on the court decisions, which, of course, are decisions made by government courts that have an express interest in supporting the status quo, because they get paid by the government, and the government gets paid through taxes, so therefore, of course, the courts are going to back up the IRS. So the IRS uses the court decisions as evidence that the tax law is legitimate, not the tax law itself. Anyway, they go on to say that self-serving legal theories cited by the Browns are espoused on Internet sites and promoted in books by anti-tax militians. Look at at what they're doing here, Mark. They're starting to label people like the Browns, Mm -hmm. and they've been doing it all along, but now it's going to get turned on heavy duty because now he's going to be barricading himself in his home, essentially, and they're going to try to make him look like kooks. They're going to try to make him look like violent individuals. So anti-tax militians. Larkin Rose isn't a militiant. Erwin Schiff isn't a militiant. Uh, militians are people that are, you know, armed to the teeth, uh, people that are willing to kill others and fight it out. These are just individuals that want to keep the money they earn. They're not militiant for that. If this is self-serving, um, you know, tax interpre- interpretations of the tax law, isn't what they're saying self-serving in their case? I mean, they're wanting taxes to support yeah. their big government. Oh, by the way, the Browns have paid their uh, their property taxes. 
They don't have any problem paying those taxes. They, they believe that it's very clear that they owe those taxes. But it's not clear to them on the federal level. And, you know, they're making they're saying it's the law in this article. They're saying that paying income tax is the law. Then why then, then if they're good reporters, why didn't they go and ask the IRS to see the frickin law? The IRS makes it easy to find scores of pages, says the article, of information debunking the most common arguments, including the contention that filing a tax return and paying taxes are voluntary. The use of voluntary refers only to the ability of taxpayers to list their income and calculate their bills themselves. Filing a return and paying the taxes (laughs) owed on that income are not voluntary. So that's the position of the IRS. Of course, they don't actually... You know what? It doesn't matter to me if the IRS could come up with a law. That, to me, is a non-issue. It's what a lot of the anti-tax people base their arguments on, and I understand where they're coming from on that. But the fact that the IRS insists that paying taxes isn't voluntary is evidence that you are a slave. And it's amazing to me that more people don't make that connection. Right. You must do what they say. Because it's not voluntary. If it's coercive... It's not voluntary. If it's not voluntary and you don't follow their little rules, you're going to get in trouble. They're going to come after you and throw you in a cold, dark jail cell. And if you don't want to go to that jail cell, they're going to kill you. And that, to me, doesn't sound like a very free country. It doesn't sound to me like a place I want to live. And I don't care what social programs are out there. And I don't care what programs you happen to support. To suggest that that uh, that slavery is acceptable is so sick. 800-259-9231. So they say that uh, the IRS website lists court rulings that confirm its position. See, Mark, some man in a, bl- a black robe has decided that the IRS is okie-dokie. But that doesn't make it a law. And that doesn't make it acceptable, even if it was a law. But the Browns and those who take a similar position reject evidence that conflicts with their personal interpretations of the law. The Browns may honestly believe that they're right, but determining what a law says or the Constitution means is for the courts, not for citizens. The Browns should pay everything they owe, plus the appropriate IRS penalties. They should also receive prison sentences like those given to similar tax evaders, says the Monitor. And then here's the icing on the cake, Mark. The Plainfield protesters and others who fail to file are not heroes or martyrs. They're just people who, blinded by their own rationalizations, are cheating the rest of us. How are they cheating the rest of us? Don't I you don't feel, feel cheated? cheated? No. Don't you feel cheated by the Browns, Mark? They're cheating us all. We're going to look into this uh, phraseology here in moments. 800-259-9231. This is collectivism at its worst. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. And that does include the wiki. We've got over 900 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. wiki.freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it taxes? I'll register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers include Christopher Gronsky, the New Hampshire coordinator for the We the People Congress, and a taxpayer activism panel, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We just finished reading an article, an editorial from the Concord Monitor. 
about Ed and Elaine Brown, two individuals here in the state of New Hampshire who are making national news at this point because, well, at this point, they, uh, they, they have refused to pay income taxes for a decade. The federal government finally came after them, brought, up, uh, brought them on, up on charges. They went to court. They wanted to present a certain defense. Um, and the judge would not allow them to present the defense that they wanted to. They wanted to question the law itself. Mm-hmm. And in United States courtrooms today, that's not a defense that's ever acceptable, according to judges. No, they don't. They don't seem to like it much. That's for sure. Right. If you're gonna now, it's it seems obvious that um, the IRS doesn't like to show the law. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they haven't done it so far that uh, requires people to pay. At the same time, I would say that effectively it is the law that, uh, you know, you must pay income taxes. Because there are men with guns that will come and do something bad to you if you don't. Absolutely. As Ed Brown is getting ready to find out. His wife has sort of given up at this point. She's turned herself in. Uh, she has submitted herself to the so-called mercy of the court. And as a result, she's going to get some prison time. As well as paying fines and all that other those mm-hmm. other sorts of things. But the, I wanted to share this Monitor editorial with you because specifically because of the last line. And I'll reread that part. The Plainfield protesters and others who fail to file are not heroes or martyrs. They're just people who, blinded by their own rationalizations, are cheating the rest of us. And I wanted to share this because it's exemplary of the socialist mindset, this communalist mindset that we have in this country. The idea that by not paying taxes, you're somehow screwing your next-door neighbor. I'll tell you, you know, it's the taxes themselves that screw the next door neighbor. Yeah. I mean, even if you're forced to give money to the government, government misuses it. It's just inefficient. And sure. to think that somehow you benefit from it, I mean, you do benefit from taxes. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. But to think that you benefit in the best way, tax, you know, government doing anything's inefficient. And I don't think we should have the government doing stuff, so therefore they shouldn't have to tax. You don't actually benefit from taxes. What you benefit from are having roads to drive on. Well, the taxes and, build the roads. Well, well, now, again, don't focus on the taxes so much as the things that you enjoy that government provides. There are very, very little that government provides that people actually have use for, but roads are definitely one of those things. However, those are, those are things that can be provided by the marketplace. They don't have to be provided by government. So if you took roads out of the hands of government, and if you took, uh, what, the library, something else someone might be able to point to by, you know, and say, hey, taxes are good because of this. Well, if you take away those things and put them in the hands of the marketplace, then what other things would you possibly benefit from by paying taxes? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Taxes, as you point out, are wasted. The money that they do spend on the roads is far too much. They spend oh, yeah. way too much. Go drive by your favorite construction site. Go down to Boston and take a look at the big dig. People are uh, just wasting, they're just blowing the money because they don't care. It's not their money. They didn't earn it. It's easy to blow money you, you didn't earn. Watch a government construction project compared to a private company's oh my um, construction project. Private companies are done within days. They throw that baby right up. Yep, and they're, they're constructed just fine. It's not like the government can say, well, we're taking our time with this because we want to make sure it's right. Yeah, go look at the big dig. Someone died last year because pieces of concrete were falling off the ceiling. Yeah, not safe. Not only is it um, a big boondoggle, but it's a dangerous boondoggle. <laughs> a dangerous boondoggle. A deadly boondoggle. So uh, government taxes don't help anybody. Government taxes cheat everyone. It's a scam. It's fraud. It's violence being imposed on everyone in the United States. And yes, 
people that do have the courage to just say no to taxes absolutely are heroes. And they should be applauded and they should be supported because there are certainly plenty of people who would like to do it. People like you, Mark. People who would like, I would to, like to not pay taxes. To not I'm pay just taxes. scared of the, the things that are going to happen to me if I do. Right. So the government. Or do not pay taxes, I mean. The government has been very effective with its campaign mm-hmm. of, uh, of scare tactics with people like you, and there are a lot of people like you. They yeah. believe that they're going to be next. If they don't pay taxes, that they're going to be the next ones to be targeted. When, in fact, of course, there are millions of individuals in this country that don't pay taxes. There are millions of people that work under the table, that shield their income, that uh, get cash as many places as they possibly can. People who, even people who pay taxes, cut corners as much as they possibly can. Are people who cut corners on their taxes, on their 1040 form, maybe not reporting 100% of their income? Are they cheating everyone else? Uh, well, according to this line of reasoning, yes, absolutely no, they are. they're doing what's right for them. Yeah. They're doing what it takes to keep as much of the income as they earn. You and know, it's disgusting to me that people have this mindset I'm in America. all for aggressive write-offs. What do you mean by that? Well, aggressive write-offs. When it comes to taxes, you should uh, look at your expenditures, and if something falls into the category of a write-off, maybe, I'm for it. Well, there's nothing wrong with keeping the the money that you earn. Right, in whatever manner you can. If you keep the money you earn, you can help others with that money. You can give it to charities. Mm -hmm. You can save it in in a bank account, which actually, by proxy, helps others, because the bank then loans it out. You, you can help people with the money you earn, but if you aren't allowed to keep the money you earn, or you're only allowed to keep a small percentage of it, then you're being cheated by the government. Let's go to the phones and talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on the amplifier line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on hey. your mind? I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I, I hate taxes. Taxes should be illegal. They should be done away with. I agree. And I called you guys up to ask you if you had seen Aaron Russo's film, uh, America Freedom and Fashion. We actually had the opportunity to see it when it was in its preview phase. They were touring it around the country, and uh, we drove up to Tampa at the time, and, and uh, we got to see it for free, which was cool. Actually, no, it wasn't free. Yeah. We had to pay like 7 bucks for parking. But nonetheless, it was uh, a nice little experience and an excellent film. I thought it was good. In fact, we've had Aaron Russo on the show. As a matter of fact, you can actually download that interview on our guest page at freetalklive.com. Okay, well, I'll have to go and see uh, see that interview. I didn't hear that interview. I'd like to hear that one. Yeah. Uh, because I agree. I thought it was a very excellent film. Uh, I've never heard you guys talk about that film. There was a segment in that film where they showed an Illinois uh, juror who had found somebody innocent of uh, tax evasion laws because they wouldn't show them the law in an oh. Illinois court. And I was kind of proud of that because I'm from Illinois. And some juror actually had the brains to stick it out. If only, if only more film. jurors were like that lady. I remember who you were talking about. If only more people had that courage. It's sad exactly. that they don't. We've got a bunch of brainwashed minions in this country uh, that will just do whatever it is the government lawyers ask them to. Or the judges. You know, it, it amazes them. me that they can go to a, uh, you know, that somebody can be having a court case where they say there's no law that says I have to pay the um, pay taxes, and then the juror doesn't, the jury doesn't say, excuse me, your honor, we'd like to see the law. Yep, and, and you know that's, ex- that's exactly what happened in that Illinois case, according to that film. Yep, and they couldn't show um, it, and so she uh, she acquitted. Show. Hey, Matt, thanks hey, for the Matt. call, man, and thanks for the suggestion. It's an excellent film, and people should look for it. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. And you can get signed up for the updates whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list, updates.freetalklive.com. To get on it, that's updates.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Brandon in Japan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you guys doing? Hey, Brandon, doing great. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, guys, I just have to tell you that I am completely disgusted and shocked with the two of you. Why? How dare you, how dare you two think that you know what's best for you? Don't you know, don't you guys realize that the government has your best interests at heart? <laughs> they, they care about you guys. And the fact that you don't want to pay taxes, that you don't want to pay your fair share to help everyone out is really just quite deplorable and i think you guys maybe be part of the new world order (laughs) the fair share that's another one i despise another phrase that is just just disgusting to me the idea that uh it's fair to tax people sorry it's not it doesn't matter if everyone's taxed equally it's still unfair it's still thievery it's still violence absolutely, absolutely ridiculous so now that i got that little diatribe out of my system um the other thing i wanted to talk about was you had mentioned earlier that um one of, the, one of the benefits of not being taxed is that you'll have more money to help other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first and foremost, I would suggest that the primary benefit for not having to pay taxes is that you can first and foremost help yourself. Of and course. not have to be reliant upon government programs and government systems. And I actually have two examples of that okay. um, from real-world real experience. I've had a, I have a friend who is um, disabled. Um, she has a very rare form of muscular dystrophy and can't, uh, you know, can't really move her arms above her head. So she's mm. been in a wheelchair since she's uh, been uh, 13 months old or something. So, um, but she, for the longest time, had to rely on the Department of Disabilities. And one of the things that the Department of Disabilities does is when you are a part of that program, if you're going to receive any kind of benefits at all, which means, you know, getting subsidies for the medical equipment that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, in her case, it was very expensive chairs. Um, these chairs often cost twenty, thirty thousand um, dollars. You have very strict income range requirements, so you can't make more than a certain amount of money before the government cuts off your benefits. Um, Got it. So, so for her, she really couldn't work because if she worked, and for her, it was until she was the age of twenty-three, she couldn't earn more than sixty dollars a week. Sixty bucks a week. What are you going to do with that? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, so these programs that are instituted by the government really are, in a very tangible way, systems of enslavement. Because not only are you getting money, but now they're telling you that you can't earn money, and they're right. saying, "Well, if you if you try to be productive and you try to be independent, well, then we're going to cut you off." Yeah. If you don't want to be a total government surf, mm-hmm. screw you. Right. The other example of that is welfare for the people who actually, quote-unquote, need welfare. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had an, I had another friend of the family who um, she had a couple of kids, 
um, and she had a falling out with her um, with her husband and got divorced and had to move out. And um, it was a really unhealthy relationship. There was some violence there and stuff. But yeah. she had to go on welfare because she had a kid that she had to support. Um, she didn't have a support network. She didn't have any family in the vicinity that could help her out. So mm-hmm. she really had no choice. Well, what do you think they did to her? They did the exact same thing. Made her you know, so she could work. Welfare. Right. They said, well, you can't earn so much. You can only earn so much money before we cut you off. Right. And because you are now receiving money from the government, your house now has to comply with these standards. And, you know, we're really? going to randomly send a social worker to just come check on your house and make sure that you're taking care of your kids. Yep. You know, um, it was the same way when uh, I was renting out my uh, duplex that I owned uh, in Florida. You know, if I wanted to take these Section 8 people that uh, had, you know, city or county money that they could uh, use for housing, mm-hmm. well, the the bureaucrats had to come out and check my windows and my fire alarms and all right. that other stuff just to make sure that I wouldn't burn Ugh. up their uh, serfs. It's yeah, disgusting. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. In and fact, so, since you, you know, bring... Oh, go, go ahead. I was, well, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that yeah. the, you know, most people that are listening on your show are not on welfare. They're not part of the, the Department of Disability. Probably not. The question that I would ask is, every listener on Free Talk Live right now, do you think that if you had an extra, oh, anywhere from two to $5,000 a year extra, uh, you think that you might be able to take your kid out of government school and put him into private education? I would think so, yeah. So, Absolutely. You know, that's a perfect that's a perfect example right there of if you have your own money and you can spend it the way that you want to spend it, then you can take care of yourself. And if more of you can take care of yourself, then you don't need other people to take care of you and you don't need to rely on the government or your neighbor or in some in most cases, you know, extra charities to right. help you out because you can help yourself rather than having to, you know, hold your hand out or, you know, but that's exactly what the government doesn't want. They don't want people to be independent. They want people to be dependent on the system. They want people to think that they need the government. And they want to create a, 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 surf, a class of serfs so they can constantly point to them and say, well, if it weren't for us, if it wasn't for this welfare program, little, uh, little Jimmy here, he wouldn't be able to be eating. If it weren't for us, right. this lady wouldn't be able to get any assistance. And there have been examples. You brought up the welfare example. There have been uh, examples where certain certain people, like moms with with um, with kids to support, are getting paid so much on welfare that if they were to get a starter job where they were getting a fairly low paycheck, then the paycheck that they'd be getting would actually be less than the welfare check. So they have absolutely no incentive to even bother trying to step into the workforce in the first place. Right, absolutely. Simply because welfare pays so well. Right. And in the case of my friend who actually did eventually get off of welfare, the only way that she was able to do it is she literally had to get ahead. And for most people, that's almost impossible because you're asking them to not only make the money that they're currently making, but now they have to make even more money so that when the government does cut them off for that period of a month or two, Mm -hmm. they can survive, which is extremely difficult for most people. Yeah. It's it's that's it's built. The system is built to keep people on the hook. It's built to keep people dependent, and uh, once they become dependent, they stay dependent. They live a life that is uh, a dependent life. They have children, and they pass on their dependency to their kids. And it's just a just a sad, sad situation and a waste of human life. And it's all because of the government. Whereas, and uh, Brandon, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Whereas, if it, if people who needed assistance were being helped on a private basis by private organizations, 
then they would be able to really vet those individuals that they were helping out. They could really check in with them and work closely with them to ensure that they were getting the training they needed, the job skills they needed to get out there, get back on their feet again, and become self-sufficient. Because the Salvation Army doesn't want a bunch of welfare queens. No, they're not going to put up with it. Right. You can't mooch from private organizations like you can mooch from the government. You know, this um, this sort of uh, entitlement mentality that's out there is something that would only grow once somebody gets on, um, gets into the trap of welfare and, and those kind of um, entitlements. Then their children see them in the trap of that, and it, make, it makes sense. And you know the old saying, the, get, the rich get rich and the poor can't have kids. So there's, you know, there's a, lar- a disproportionately large, um, larger amount of the population that's growing up under this sort of, um, you know, mentality. And so they're gonna, they're gonna do it too. They Plus, know how. Not only will they- I would know how to get welfare. Yeah. Not <laughs> only will it affect the kids though, Mark, but it'll also affect the people who are close to them, like their friends. They might mm-hmm. say to their friends, why are you working? Works for suckers. Yep. Why are you working? You could be making more on welfare. It's not that you make um, more. Have a kid. T- well, take a, take a look at it this way. Make so, more for doing less. It, it, that's, that much is true. Say you get $1,500 a month on Sit welfare. Sit around the house. Get paid. But um, you, get that? you get $1,500 a month on welfare, um, and that's not making very much. But if you get twenty, you know, um, 2000 2100 on by working, which is a pretty good that's making pretty good money. Yeah. Um and then you pay $600 a month in child care and work clothes and packing a lunch or eating out or you know whatever else goes into um you know gas and and a car and all that other stuff. Sure. Well, it makes sense not to have a job. Yeah, it's easier to just to sit around the house and smoke some crack all day. Well, if you can afford the crack, but if you're on welfare and you don't have any cars or anything like that, you could sit sit around and swat flies. Hey, there's a, there was a John Stossel presentation. Uh, I think it was John Stossel goes to Washington, or the one about the the drug war, one or the other, where he actually interviewed some people in the welfare line, and they just came right out and told him, "Yeah, I'm going to buy some crack and sell it with this." <laughs> Jeez. Well, they use the welfare money to buy the crack, then they sell it to get even more money so they can buy some crack for themselves. They're a little silly. Then they go back next month and get some more. And we're all paying for it. Yep, and then we'll pay for them in jail, too. Yep, 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give away all the features on the site that we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 320 of our listeners have done. You head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. It's simple. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And if you like what we're doing on Free Talk Live, you like the message of freedom and liberty being spread as far and as wide as possible, then AMP's the way to go. You send us 3 bucks a month. That's all that, all that it takes. It's a voluntary option. And what we do is we take that money in and we turn it around into promotion for the show. We get the show on more stations, more radio stations around the country. We get more Internet listeners around the world on board with Free Talk Live. So if it's valuable to you to help spread freedom, amp.freetalklive.com is where you need to go. Learn about the perks. They're there for you, amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Kurt in Vegas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Kurt. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I was a little bit miffed uh, listening, listening to you guys yesterday when you were talking about uh, conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? And uh, I'm, I am mixed up because you guys just mentioned uh, by your own uh, admission that there's a huge conspiracy out there right now, and that's regarding the taxes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking about Ed Brown, and what you said was that uh, the courts are involved in upholding the IRS and the tax laws. And so right there, they're showing a lot of collusion between the IRS and the judicial branch. Oh, there's no doubt but it's about obvious. it. It's obvious so collusion, and they're not hiding anything in the collusion. Do you understand? Right. Right, we're not, I don't ju- think we're not that- getting on the air and advocating that uh, people fold their dollar bills so they can see that the uh, World Trade Center crashes to the ground on them. We're not getting on the air and advocating that right. there's a, an evil pentagram symbolism in Washington, D.C. Yeah, Those are, are the kooky... Extreme, there are some extreme cases of, uh, of, uh, of things like that. Kurt, uh, Kurt there's no doubt. you do admit that there is, there is some conspiracies out there. Of that- course, Kurt. Whenever you have two people deciding to do something, you have a conspiracy. Yeah, I, mean, I just it- want to make sure you agree. And then I think, Mark, you were talking about taxes on the roads. Don't forget that's all paid for, or most of it, by gasoline taxes, not income taxes. I don't know if I don't know if they all are to um, because you know there's county um, you know counties build roads cities build roads sales taxes I know where we were uh, down in Sarasota there was that new penny tax that they added in that was supposed to go towards road it upgrade. should be I would concur with you that it should be that all roads should be built with only gasoline taxes but I would, well, I would disagree that that is true the majority of them already are done by gasoline taxes yeah there's a few that aren't but uh, don't forget all the taxes we pay like it was on the movie that. Uh, uh, freedom to fascism. They mm-hmm. listed at the very beginning of that movie all the taxes, yeah. and fees, uh, and so on that we pay every day. Sure, and it's way more than the uh, income tax alone. It's, oh yeah, it's an endless oh, sure. list. It, it, it's it's huge. Taxes, you know, if, if you want to go fishing, you got to pay a fee. If you, you want to do anything in this life, you got to pay, pay a, you know, pay some kind of a fee. Absolutely, to the, the government. But the income tax affects everybody, and so that's why uh, we focus. I mean, that's why we focus on that. We could easily take all those taxes and and uh, rally and rail against them as well if we wanted to. Yeah, I think you're right. But I just wanted to point out the conspiracy uh, theory in this. And, uh, sure, sure. Guys, uh, I mean, the whole government colludes. The government colludes against the people. And, and as Mark pointed out, it's obvious. It's a fact. And it's not something where people have to uh, look into some weird uh, book about the Illuminati to learn something just you know out of bizarro world. We're not making any unusual allegations here. We're not, uh, some people obviously are going to think, well, they don't like taxes. They must be crackpots. And that's fine. They can think that if they want to. Uh, but what we're talking about here is is pretty crystal clear. When we talk about yeah, government, yeah. Uh, when we talk about government malfeasance, it's because we're getting it out of you know, an, we're getting the official news from a legitimate news source that's undeniable, and we're simply pointing out that government is bad, and it doesn't matter who's behind the scenes pulling the strings. It's just bad. Yeah, no, I agree. I just want just make sure you don't throw out every conspiracy theory just because uh, there is a lot of them that have some good points to them. So, oh, I like totally agree. I try to look at them all. I, I, okay. we, we've got open minds, Kurt. Thanks for the call. We appreciate right, it. It's just that when people get on the airwaves and start spouting off kookery, I'm going to label it as kookery. You want to get on the air and tell me that there's secret planes dumping chemicals all across the sky. They're chemtrails. I mean, sorry. No, it's just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Just because you've got one weather guy who has a crackpot website making claims doesn't mean you have ev- anything of uh, of worth uh, as far as talking about it is concerned. It's not worth even addressing. But if you want to bring it up, we'll let you talk about it. Yep, you'll get, and we'll laugh at you. You'll get two, three, five minutes right. of uh, you know on there to spread it out there. We'll poke a little bit of fun at you, but uh, you know you you deserve it for falling into a trap like that, for falling into uh, somebody's kook, kook beliefs. And you look like a crackpot, and that's the other point of that's the other point of Free Talk Live sort of making fun of certain conspiracy theories because 
we want people to the, the people to understand that this is how you look to others. Others look at your ideas and they think, "Hey, that guy is nuts. <laughs> He's crazy. Let's go somewhere else." People don't want to hear your uh, those those concepts. They don't want to hear those ideas. And even you and I, Mark, who are relatively open-minded, we've seen some of the conspiracy videos. We've seen some of the uh, the evidence that's that's been right. Pre- we presented. don't shut it out completely. Right. We're friendly. At least friendly towards these people. That's why we do this, to let you know, hey, you're on the wrong track. You can spend hours and hours of your life on these conspiracy theories. You can spend hours doing research after research, website after website. And when all's said and done, you've done nothing. You, your, your research has even resulted the, in nothing. Even if it was true, I just don't think that it does anything. I mean, it doesn't. It may be true. Maybe the world well is contro- maybe the world is controlled by an elite group of bankers. So what? Well, I think the world I think that the world um, is to some extent or another controlled by an elite group of bankers. I just don't think that anybody sitting out there right now knows any of their last names. And, and it d- wouldn't matter if you did. And I don't. What think are you going to do about it? I don't it? think that they get together in a room and manage to meet up and really come up with a plan to take over the world because. You know, just like churches throughout time have had uh, schisms and, you know, groups break off and form different groups, there would be all kinds of different groups that would be competing to control the world. Sure. And, you know, I just, I, you know, then they would be, um, one would be exposing another and you would, um, or they'd slip up and you'd be able to see it. It just doesn't make any sense to me that there's one great cabal. I mean, it's absurd. It's great fiction. It just doesn't sure. make any sense. Which is, I think, which is, I think, why it's, it's so intriguing to people. You know, it seems like it's surreal. It seems like, wow, this is really happening in this in the in the real world. This isn't just some fictional story. Well, maybe it is a fictional story, but it seems it's so intriguing to them. They like, they want to follow it. They want to connect the dots. They you want know, to solve the puzzle. I love knowing things um, that other people don't know. Like for for instance, uh, just coming off the top of my head, when somebody uh, whips out Che Guevara, um, you know, they mention him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm within He's a revolutionary man. Within thirty seconds, I am going to say El Medico Ernesto Che Guevara de la Serna. I'm going to say his t- title and whole name. You I'm going to mention yeah. that he was um, born in Rosaria, Cuba. Mm-hmm. Or not, excuse, I'm Rosaria, Argentina. I'm going to mention all the facts that I know about Che Guevara, and I'm going to I'm going to beat you down yeah. because I know more about this re- quote unquote revolutionary than you do, and. It's it's the same sort of thing. Like when you know about these uh, cabals, you can you can just tie it all in and and you know take current events and and whip up yourself a little uh, conspiracy uh, story right there on the spot and yep. show the person how smart you are. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Because uh, it doesn't matter how much you know about the conspiracy theories, all of your knowledge is for naught. It doesn't do any good when it comes right. to the actual activity of cutting the government down to size. And which of it's about as one... useful as me knowing where um, Che Guevara was uh, born. Right. It's trivia. It is. And it can be fun. Trivia can be fun. Yeah. It I, can be neat I to look concur. those things up. It can be neat to spend your time on these things. But it doesn't make a difference when it comes to making government smaller. And that's what we're all about here on Free Talk Live is getting the government out of people's lives. I don't care if it's a Democrat-led government or a Republican-led government or who's in charge of the Democrats or who's in charge of the Republicans. That's why you don't hear Free Talk Live getting on the air and dropping names like those other radio talk show hosts mm-hmm. do. Go ahead, tune into Rush Limbaugh. What, what, what do we do? We were driving, to, uh, driving down to Concord the other day, and we listened to, I think it was Sean Hannity, within 
seconds of us <laughs> tuning into his show, he had already uh, attacked liberals. Yes, he and had. And then within a minute's time, the name Hillary Clinton came out. I right. mean, it's just the same old crap. It doesn't matter who's in charge. It doesn't matter what year it is. I it's couldn't the do that show. I swear it, to God, I couldn't do that show. It's the government attempting to impose uh, its way on other people. I don't care if there's a, a conspiracy behind it all. I know what the results are, and the results are bigger and bigger and more intrusive government, more oppressiveness, more laws, more regulations. That's what I'm fighting against. I don't have to convince anybody who's behind the scenes and what their plan is, because I can see what's going on out in the open, and that's what needs to be fought. That's what other people can also understand. That's what will help people come on board with this movement. When you can point to the real-life issues that mm-hmm. affect them. It doesn't affect me who's meeting in secret somewhere in the world. But what does affect me are income taxes, property taxes, marijuana regulations, r- more and more rules and regulations, business regulations, radio regulations. These are all things we can very easily attack and take out. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Hour number three is coming up. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. We have got a very bizarre story on the way. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number three. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the pack at 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. For all your voiceover IP needs, pack at 8.net, the place to go. 20 bucks a month for uh, unlimited calling. It's a bargain. I mean, it's actually 19.99. It is a heck of a bargain. Uh bargain 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. I said we've got a very bizarre story. I'm really interested in what this bizarre story is. And here it is from the Associated Press. A 29-year-old convicted sex offender from Oklahoma okay. allegedly conned two Arizona men into believing that he was a 12-year-old boy moving into their home and having an ongoing sexual relationship with them. Huh? Say sheriff's officials in Yavapai County, the ruse was discovered. <laughs> so he convinced two guys mm-hmm. that he, a 29-year-old man, was oh, yeah. was in fact a 12-year-old boy. Right. And he moved into their house, and he was having sex with them. Yeah, I don't know uh, how he pulled it off exactly. Cause I you don't can either. See, uh, you can see the booking photo of this guy on the article, and we'll post the article for you a little bit later at uh, the bulletin board system, bbs.freetalklive.com, so you can judge for yourself. He looks th- a little 12. What? But, well, he I don't know. He's a little got a, twelve. He's got a boyish face. Yeah, he, I, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he looks like he's twelve. But then again, you know, I don't really. I I don't think he looks like he's twelve. Anyway, I guess they did. I I, I maybe guess you could have fooled me. Right. I guess if what you want to do is tell yourself, if you're telling yourself often enough that someone is of a certain age, uh-huh. then you'll fool yourself into believing it. So these guys obviously wanted to believe this 
guy was a 12-year-old boy. I and wonder maybe they how told, often you expect a 12-year-old to shave, though. Maybe they told uh, themselves that he'd been eating too many, uh, what is it, the beef? The meat <laughs> that they put the hormones right. in? Right, there's lots of hormones in the beef. Right, normally that's applied to the girls growing breasts at uh, an early age. But I think uh, it affects the boys, too. Maybe it is affecting the boys. Maybe that's what they told themselves. Anyway, the ruse was discovered Wednesday after one of the men tried to enroll the fake 12-year-old in a charter school in Chino Valley, <laughs> about 90 miles northwest of Phoenix, using the name Casey Price. School officials became suspicious and called deputies. Why did they get suspicious? Maybe because he didn't look like he was 12. Oh, I see. Telling them they thought the guardianship papers and birth certificates presented by a man who said that he was the 12-year-old's grandfather appeared to be fake, and that Price looked much older than 12, said Susan Quayle, a spokesbureaucrat for the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office. Said they were very upset when the detectives told them they had been having a sexual relationship with a 29-year-old man and not a preteen boy, <laughs> well, said Quayle. They would have beat the hell out of a jail cell, I can tell you that much. Sheriff's detectives investigating the case learned that the grandfather, so-called, was Lonnie Stifler, age 61, who lived in a home in Chino Valley with Robert James Snow, 43, who was a sex offender who had failed to register with authorities, and the 12-year-old, so-called. Deputies served a search warrant at the home Thursday and found Stifler, Snow, Brian J. Nellis, and the phony preteen boy, who turned out to be Neil Havens uh, Roderick, who is 29. Oklahoma Department of Corrections online records show that Roderick was convicted in 1996 of lewd and indecent proposal to a minor, Uh served time in prison. Uh, The records show that Nellis was convicted in 97 of lewd molestation and was imprisoned as well. During interviews with the men, detectives learned that Stifler and Snow met Roderick through an internet chat about two years ago. What were we talking about in hour number one, Mark? (laughs) We were talking about internet chats. That's right. Kids pulling scams and everybody pulling scams. In this case, a 29-year-old pulled the scam on a couple of older dudes and got them to believe he was 12. Quayle said they began to trade sexually explicit photos. He convinced them that he was Casey Price and only 12. Stifler and Snow went to Oklahoma and met Roderick at a hotel, then brought him back to live with them in Arizona and began an ongoing sexual relationship, said Quayle. Roderick apparently shaved his body hair and used makeup to keep up his guise as a preteen boy, said Mm. Quayle. He also dressed as a juvenile and tried to act and talk like a preteen. He looks young. I would have not guessed that he's almost 30, said Quayle, though she noted that he looked much older than 12. When detectives unraveled the case and told Stifler and Snow that Price was named Roderick and was in fact 29, Quayle then became dismayed and angry that they'd been conned. Nellis was apparently Roderick's cellmate in an Oklahoma prison and is also a registered sex offender. Now, um, I'm so out of sorts from this bizarre case. It's very strange. What, um... The, the the guy's in a, uh, a, a sh- he's got a mug shot there, um, the tw- yeah. 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Why does he have a mug shot? Is that an old mug shot, or was he arrested for something? Yeah, I think that was the old, I think that was the old one. Okay, so no one got arrested in this very strange situation, I hope? I don't think so. While net detectives unraveled the case, uh, they got angry because they were con. Nellis, uh, blah, blah, blah. Detectives have evidence that Stifler and Snow enrolled Roderick in other Arizona schools, possibly in other areas. They have notified law enforcement agencies in those jurisdictions to begin investigating. Maybe there's a fraud charge. I don't know. I think that what we're looking at here is he's being used to troll for other kids. All four men made an initial appearance in court Thursday, with all but Stifler being held on a $50,000 bond on a charge of failing to register as a sex offender. 
Stifler was booked on two counts of forgery and one count of hindering prosecution and ordered held on a $100,000 cash bond. So there are charges here because they tried to pass this guy off as a 12-year-old. So, But the 12-year-old, I guess he would get charges too because he's part of that same conspiracy. All four men were assigned public defenders. Uh, the defender said her office hadn't seen any reports or met with the men, would have no comment. The county attorney's office issued a statement saying that the decisions on additional charges will be made by Monday afternoon. Quayle said deputies are looking to other possible charges but aren't asking for child molestation charges involving Roderick. He says, we can't charge them with child molestation because he wasn't a child. Oh, but if it was a deputy trying to lure them off to uh, you know, this situation, they right. sure could. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Mark. I was going to tie it into the uh, to fake drug salesmen. For instance, if you go out on the street and you sell, sell a, oregano, for and, instance. Right, you sell an undercover cop a bag of oregano or a bag of sugar and you pass it off as uh, cocaine or pot, then you're going to get arrested for selling drugs. But in this case, they didn't arrest him for uh, child molestation. If they really did think he was 12, then they thought they were molesting a child. Yeah. That was what was turning him on. It's bizarre. Quayle praised officials at the Mingus Springs Charter School where Roderick tried to enroll Wednesday. You know, you would think that the uh, uh, the 12-year-old boy, Roderick, mm-hmm. um, he, he's he's really messed up. Because not only does he want to pretend to be a 12-year-old boy so these old guys can bugger him, but... He wants to go to school and stuff, too, and mm-hmm. hang out with the kiddies and things. Yeah, it, this is just a strange, strange case. Oh, In it fact, is. Uh, the one of the, the spokes, I guess the spokes bureaucrat says it's the weirdest case I've seen in 18 years. <laughs> I would go for that. Even the detective said it was the weirdest case. It, if it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. And they said that the... <laughs> The uh, school wasn't fooled at all. They jumped on it uh, and called them right away. So, but didn't wasn't he enrolled in several schools? Uh, I'm not. There's something about. It. I guess they attempted to enroll him. I'm not sure. What, I see. What, uh, what happened? But wow, very strange stuff. Well, if so you're 12 years old, that would put him in an, a middle school, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Like eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he wasn't fooling anybody that he was in eighth grade. I'd like to see how big this guy was. Like, how tall was he? What was his weight? I understand there are some kids that are unusually large at at age 12. Some kids hit puberty sooner than others, but 29 to 12, that's a a bit of a range. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, he might have been able to pull it off if he said, I was 16. Because 16, you you can have some pretty big 16-year-olds. Well, you know, there was a a kid in my uh, high school who was balding at uh, 17. Really? It it, it happens. So when you start... You know, getting in that age range, you can pass it off, but, uh... So there yeah, you go. 12 to 29, that's a stretch. 1-800-259-9231. Also in the bizarro world, a story out of Cambodia. I don't know how you pronounce this. I'm probably going to butcher Kuala it. Lumpur? Phnom Penh? No. Okay. P-H-N-O-M-P-E-N-H? No, it's... Phnom Penh? I think it's the capital of Cambodia. I thought it was Pol Pot. What uh, the hell do I know? Pol Pot's a man. Is it? He was the, uh, the ruler of... Uh, of was it Laos or Cambodia? Anyway, Cambodia. a Cambodian woman who went missing in the jungle for 18 years before being found last week is struggling to adapt to life as a human. Well, she's, of course she's a human. They mean she's struggling to adapt to life with other humans uh-huh. and wants to return to the forest, said police on Friday. Quote, she prefers to crawl rather than walk like a human. So she was crawling in the forest? Mm-hmm. Apparently. But she goes, she's got some nice knees. A district police chief said uh, in the jungle-clad northeastern province of Ratanakiri, where the girl's family lives, unfortunately, she keeps crying and wants to go back to the jungle. She's not used to living with humans. We have to clothe her. When she's thirsty or hungry, she points at her mouth. 
The mm. girl, called Rocham Himpyang, went missing as an eight-year-old along with her cousin when they were sent to ten cows near the border with Vietnam. We'll give you more of her story on the way. This is your show, Jungle Girl, lost for 18 years. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. And that does include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version just waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. 2007. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be in attendance. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Just starting things out this hour with just some bizarro world stories. Uh, there's a woman who's been discovered. Jungle woman, as she's being called. She was in the jungle, missing for 18 years. That's a long time... Long time to be in the jungle. When she was eight years old. Now, that's a, that's also a very early age to get lost. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't really... I I guess... Man, talk about reverting to instinct. Talk about reverting to uh, survival mechanisms. Real I mean, Tarzan at, stuff. At eight years old, you aren't really... Uh, you can't possibly know... You couldn't possibly have been taught so much as to how to live and survive in the jungle. I mean, just... they. She got lost... What happened was she was sent uh, to tend cows with her brother, or her cousin rather, uh, near the border with Vietnam in uh, Cambodia. And uh, villagers believed they'd been eaten by wild animals until a girl was caught last week by a logging team as she was trying to steal some food that they left under a tree. So, I mean, somebody doesn't come back, little girl goes goes off into the jungle, doesn't come yeah. back, you're going to think that somebody's, she's either just, you know, fallen over and died or she's gone. gotten lost and going to starve to death. Then she shows up 18 years later with blackened skin and hair stretching down to her legs. She was unrecognizable apart from a scar across her back that allowed her father to pick her out. After 18 years... I'm surprised they even knew to take her to the father to identify her. uh, They probably only had, you know, they only have so many missing kids, right? Yeah, I guess. After 18 years in the wilderness, police said she was able to say only three words. Father, mother, and stomachache. Hmm. Villagers from the Phnong ethnic hill tribe minority believe that the girl is still possessed by evil spirits of the forest. They brought the Buddhist monks in to bless her and set up a round-the-clock watch on the family hut. Oh, just in give De- her a haircut. December- <laughs> in December of 2004, four families in the same province... Here's your holy haircut. Shut up. ...crisscrossed by the paths of the Ho Chi Minh Trail during the Vietnam War emerged from 25 years in the jungle after fleeing the 1979 Vietnamese invasion that ousted the Khmer Rouge. Um, so she's not the first person uh, who has emerged from the jungle, but nonetheless, a very interesting story. Just, can you imagine? No, I can't I, imagine her knees. She was crawling around in the forest and jungle and stuff. She wasn't running. I don't. I mean, at, at eight, she could walk. Yeah, I don't know, man. How does that happen? I don't know. How does it? How do you devolve you back down to a, uh, a primal state like that? It just doesn't make any sense to me that she wouldn't be walking more. I wish we could interview her, but I don't think that's going to work. Apparently, Cambodian. all she can say is mother, father, and stomachache. Yeah, right. and, and it's probably in Cambodian. Yeah, right. Did she forget? I mean, did she know? Uh, she's going to b- 
bite me and try to gouge your eyes out if Pres- we try to interview her. <laughs> but presumably, at age eight, she would have known far more language than three words. So how does that all just disappear? Now, I can kind of see... It just atrophies? I can, well, uh, yeah, I can see that she might forget language. Um, right. That makes sense to me. But it doesn't make sense to me that she would be crawling, crawling around. Um, I mean, she, people stop crawling at two mm-hmm. and three, um, you know, at the latest, at the very latest. So, I mean, she was walking for quite some time. She walked with her cousin out to take care of the cows, and then now she's reverted to crawling? Is it just because it's easier to get under branches? And uh, It's an excellent question. If you've got any suggestions as to why it is that somebody who could walk would go towards, uh, would revert to crawling, 800-259-9231. Maybe some of uh, some of our more scientifically educated listeners would have a, a we valid have many theory. Of them. I don't and know. Can you imagine being the uh, Can you imagine being on the tree crew that found this girl? I, I can imagine one or two of them got bit. You're out there breaking for lunch, and you see this uh, girl who's let's see, 18 years in the wilderness, uh, plus eight. She's 30, uh, 26. Holy crap! She's, she's got a hair down to her knees. Right, 26 year old girl looks like you know it out of the Adams family. <laughs> Totally naked, probably. I'm sure. Because she's not going to fit into her eight-year-old clothes. No, she's, she's probably not bothering wearing anything if she's crawling around in the ground. Right, imagine coming across that on your lunch break. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's going to be really bad news. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. And she's going to make some lucky, lucky man a great wife. you got to wonder what's going to happen to her. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, I mean, this is like, you know, it's like uh, Encino Man. <laughs> it is really Fish out of water. I mean, it's really what, bizarre. What are they going to do with her? A lot. I mean, I understand it's it's uh, Cambodia, so there probably hasn't been a huge number of advances in 18 years. But nonetheless, things have changed. They got fire. Right. They, they speak. They walk on two legs. Right. I mean, she's got a long ways to go. They're going to put her in the uh, the uh, Cambodian equivalent of the circus. A zoo. Yeah. And show her to people for tickets. Very strange. Yes. All right. You can uh, bring up anything. 800-259-9231. A quick email, since we talked quite a bit about uh, Joe, or excuse me, Ed and Elaine Brown and the income tax situation. This one came in from Joe. He says, Ian, you and Mark often make reference to the problems with the income tax, alluding to the absence of laws requiring citizens to pay and the amendment not being ratified. I understand and can see the gun, as you've discussed before, and it's the major reason that I oppose the income tax. Now, we ne- almost never talk about the amendment be- not being ratified. We have, we've referenced it now and then, but I don't think it's relevant at all. No, we, I, you're right about that. I mean, the, if the, it, it's difficult. I don't think that there's any way that they could have got um, passed the income tax off if, you know, it was a contentious subject back in 1912, 1913 when they passed this thing through, and I don't think that they could have um, pulled off a uh, duped the American public in that way. And um, no, I think that it it probably did go through, and even if it didn't, it is it might as well be an amendment. It's an amendment now. He says, however, I found a website uh, of a law professor at George Washington University Law School in which he debunks many of the oppositions to the income tax. However, he does fail to mention the gun. I think it would be beneficial to explain on the show why libertarians are opposed to the income tax. Is it only because of the inherent use of force, or are there other reasons as well? What can be labeled as a conspiracy theory, and which of these are actually true? Then he provides a link where, again, there's a lot of rebuttals that this uh, law professor makes, Mm -hmm. which, of course, are based on the presumption that taxes are okay, that the laws that we have are legitimate, and that, uh, you know, he goes in and he effectively rebuts some of the income tax evaders claims. But that's why I say it's so important to focus on the issue 
of what's right and wrong versus what the law says. Because if they went and just decided to fix all the loopholes that the uh, the tax freedom advocates are trying to exploit by right. saying, well, they won't show us the law. Well, let's make the law so they can start showing people the law. That would that would supposedly satisfy all these anti-tax people? Of course not. The reason they're against the tax is because they want to keep the money that they earn. And the reason taxes are wrong is, as Joe points out, because they're pointing guns at people and demanding that they do things. In this case, pay taxes. That's what's wrong with taxes. Using force on others is wrong. That's the problem. There's no technicalities. There's no. That's why we don't push the technicality exploits on uh, on Free Talk Live. You know, I I do believe that um, taxation is theft, and I think that it's uh, perpetrated by force, and I think that's wrong. But um, more importantly, the government just wastes this stuff. It's an inefficient way to get to get what we want out of society. It's a bad idea. I don't want to live life as a slave. That's why I oppose taxation. I think the government's inefficient, and that's why I oppose taxation. And if you if you uh, don't like the government and don't want to pay, they'll come after you. Mm-hmm. And that's not very nice. You wouldn't do that to your next-door neighbor. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. Tis the packet, 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com. we got the bulletin board system. Over 165,000 posts await you. Over 1,300 people interacting. Serious issues, fun stuff, all being discussed, and it's for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Try SACL CAI. They do collections in a whole new way. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. They record every customer interaction, so you can keep track. Can you so you can check their work? Let SACL CAI handle any or all of your accounts receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. 1-800-544-6359. So last segment we started talking or we gave you a story about a jungle woman who in Cambodia was discovered by a tree crew out in the middle of a forest. When she was trying to steal some of their food that was left uh, left underneath the tree, she had been, uh, once they found her and uh, managed to capture her, they discovered that she had been in the forest for 18 years. It's, incredi- it's an incredible story. Ever since she was eight years old, she had her language completely decimated. She could only say mother, father, and a stomach ache. She points at her mouth when she's hungry. And my question was, your question was, Mark, was how is it that somebody degenerates or devolves to the point where they're crawling through the forest or or moving around on hands and knees, as this girl prefers to do. She was upright when she was eight years old. When they pulled her out of the forest, she's walking on hands and knees. Why is that? Johnson might have an answer. Let's go to the phones. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. I have a couple answers, actually. And I, I, you know, I uh, sent you some information, Ian. Um, There's an article on a girl by the name of Oksana Malaya, Mm -hmm. who is from the Ukraine. And this is actually even a more advanced case than the one you're talking about. It's even more outrageous and amazing. This girl, um, she had drunken parents who abandoned her when she was three years old. And the story goes, supposedly, um, that this girl crawled into a hovel where they kept the dogs. 
and this girl was raised by dogs to grow to believe she was a dog. And I also no have sent a video. Yeah, I've also sent I sent you a video as well, which is the link that's directly before the link that I sent you to a, uh, a Telegraph article by the, uh, the the British newspaper. Mm-hmm. And this girl is it's it's unreal to watch um, because I mean she is a clinical case, and it's essentially it's just abuse. And what happens to the human mind is that when it gets to a certain point of stress, I mean, the human mind can do some amazing things and it can segment and partition itself into, you know, just these different things. So, I mean, you know, maybe her memories of her, you know, her former childhood are just locked away from whatever, you know, how did she end up in the jungle? Is it possible that there was abuse there? No, she was, uh, she was out on, uh, I guess she was going lost. Something about feeding cows or something like that with her and her cousin. So she got lost in the jungle with her cousin, essentially. You know, I, but it was probably knows? a real stressor being lost yeah, in the jungle. Exactly. I mean, being eight and that kind of thing. And- and who knows, maybe the malnutrition, you know, at, at first. The hunger could have done, you know, had a profound effect as well. Too hard to walk. Or maybe, maybe indeed, she encountered a, uh, a group of animals and was in some, in some way spent time with them and, uh, and, like the dog girl, started walking on all fours. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. you were referring to this Oksana Lycanthrope or whatever you were talking about. And she... <laughs> no, her, her, it's her name. Her, her name is Oksana Malaya. It's just a Ukrainian name. Gotcha. Um, Oksana, now, it, it would seem, what did they do with her once they got, once they got her? I mean, it, were they videotaping her running around with dogs? Or yeah, they're, and they're, for the next break, I, I sent a link. You guys should watch it. It's it's unreal. It's but, I mean, very very surreal, and anybody can look it up. It's actually on uh, Oxana's O X A N A. Why don't you Why don't you post you the link on the world? I will do that. Post it on, post on the BBS. On the BBS but well. humans have the ability to to recognize themselves in mirrors, um, and you know, and just as chimpanzees are able to do that too. Couldn't Couldn't you show her in a mirror? Look, this is what you look like. You're a hairless monkey like the rest of us. Forget that whole dog this, thing. Well, this girl was, I believe, she was trained to be somewhat reintroduced to society mm-hmm. um you know there there's only apparently a hundred or so feral children around the world apparently that that's how many there are yeah and you know this hers was an incredibly advanced case right but you have to you have to remember she was lost or, or i guess she was abandoned when she was three years old i mean right. at that point your your intellect is barely formed yeah yeah you're very so, subject to uh, your influences and in this case she was subject to dogs yeah, there's a huge difference between a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. Oh yes, there there's a big difference, and I can only imagine only imagine what sort of interactions were occurring in that kennel. Yeah, this is a fascinating story. I'm sort of uh, just glancing through it here, uh, Johnson. We'll get to it, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one from the Telegraph. For five years, she uh, Oksana Malaya does she sniff people's butts when she meets them? Lived with dogs and survived on raw meat and scraps. When she was found, she was running around on all fours, barking. She bounds along on all fours throughout long, uh, through long grass, panting towards water with her tongue hanging she out. Pants. When she reaches, she ta- uh, reaches the tap, she paws at the ground with her forefeet, drinks noisily with her jaws wide, and lets the water cascade over her head. Up to this point, you'd think the girl could be acting, but the moment she shakes her head and neck free of droplets, exactly like a dog when it emerges from a swim, you get a creepy sense that this is something beyond imitation. Then she barks. The furious sound she makes is not like a human pretending to be a dog. It's a proper, chilling, canine burst of aggression. And it's coming from the mouth of a young woman dressed in a t-shirt and shorts. This is 23-year-old Oksana Malaya, reverting to behavior she learned as a young child when she was brought up by a pack of dogs on a rundown farm in the village of Novaya Blagovenskaya in the Ukraine. 
When she showed her boyfriend what she once was and what she could still do, the barking, the whining, the four-footed running, he took fright. It was a party trick too far, and the relationship ended. Hmm. Oksana, Oksana is a feral child, one of about a hundred known in the world. She's kind of hot in that picture. This, well, if you ignore the bowl cut. <laughs> well, you know, the, the story, I couldn't see her head. You just had her cut off there. The story goes that when she was three, her indifferent alcoholic parents left her outside one night, and she crawled into a hovel where they kept the dogs. No one seemed to notice or came to look for her or even seemed to notice when she was gone. So she stared, uh, stayed there where there was warmth and food, raw meat and scraps, forgetting what it was to be human, losing what toddler's language she had, and learning to survive as a member of the pack. A shameful five years later, a neighbor reported a child living with animals. When she was found at the age of eight in 1991, Oksana could hardly speak and ran around on all fours barking, mimicking her, uh, her carers. Though she must have seen humans at a distance and seems occasionally to have entered the family house like a stray, there were no longer her species. All meaningful life was contained in a kennel. Wow. Judging from the complete lack of written documentation about her physical and psychological state when found, the authorities were not keen to record her case. Neglect on this scale was too shameful to even acknowledge. Even though it has been full, uh, even though it has been of huge and continuing interest to psychologists who believe feral children can help resolve the nature-nurture debate. What's known about the dog girl has been passed down orally through doctors and carers. She was like a small animal. She walked on all four. She ate like a dog is about as scientific as it gets. Last month, the British child psychologist and expert on feral children, Lynn Fry, went to the Ukraine with the Channel 4 film crew to meet Oksana, who now lives in a home for the mentally disabled. Five years after a Discovery she's Channel... she's got a boyfriend. ...had... A Discovery Channel program about her, they wanted to see if she'd integrated into community living. Fry was keen to find out how far the girl was still damaged and to witness a reunion with her father. She says, I expected someone much less human. I'd heard stories that she could fly off the handle, that she was very uncooperative, and that she was socially inept. But she did everything I asked of her. Her language is odd. She speaks flatly as though it's in order. There's no cadence or rhythm in her music to, or, or music to her speech, no inflection or tone. But she does have a sense of humor. She likes to be the center of attention, to make people laugh. Showing off is quite a surprising skill when you consider her background. I don't think it is. It's what dogs do. Dogs show off? They like uh, attention. She made a very striking impression on me when I made her a gift of some wooden toy animals we'd used in tests. She thanked me. Superficially, you would never know this was a young woman raised by dogs. In the film, Oksana looks uncoordinated and tomboyish. When she walks, you notice her strange stomping gait and swinging shoulders, her intimate uh, squint, and misshapen teeth. Like a dog with a bone, her instinct, her first instinct, is to hide anything she's given. <laughs> she's only five feet tall, but when she fools about with her friends, pushing and shoving, there's a palpable air of menace and brute strength. The oddest thing is how little attention she pays to her pet mongrel. Sometimes she pushed it away. She was much more orientated towards people. Very strange. After a series of cognitive tests, Fry concluded that Oksana has a mental capacity of a six-year-old. Remember, she's in her 20s now. And a dangerously low boredom threshold. More on the way about the dog girl. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. If you make it now at 800-259-9231, that's the packet 8.net. Till free line, one 800 259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show. By, for instance, buying some stuff, like at store.freetalklive.com. We've got t-shirts, Free Talk Live shirts, Free Talk Live hats. 
not only do we have Free Talk Live shirts, but we offer them in two distinct colors. Yes, gold That's, and black. Choices are good, and we also have the Free Marketeer flag, a Free Talk Live bumper stickers. You'll learn how you can get your own free Free Talk Live bumper sticker if you go to store.freetalklive.com. It involves a self-addressed stamped envelope. That's store.freetalklive.com. So buy some Free Talk Live stuff and... Anything else you need to buy in life, you can buy over to Amazon.freetalklive.com. There's 35 categories of products. It's like the world's largest Internet retailer. Anything you might find at your local department store, you can find it at Amazon.freetalklive.com, and it'll probably be cheaper and probably have free Super Saver shipping. And definitely a percentage of the sale will go to Free Talk Live. If you shop at Amazon.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the dog girl. She was raised, yes, like in the Jungle Book, by dogs. Her father, her drunken parents, just pretty much threw her out of the house one night. She went and uh, crawled into the dog hovel. They pretty much forgot about her. At three, they at, threw her At out. age three. She stayed there for six years. When they came, when she came out, she thought she was a dog, doing all sorts of dog, it, dogish things. And like the video we just saw. The video is going to be posted over at bbs.freetalklive.com for you to see for yourself. Just for real. She's not acting. She really is... Uh, really was. But she influenced. is acting. She's she's really good at it. She really was influenced by dogs uh, during her uh, upbringing. Up, she was brought up by dogs. Anyway, uh, an expert, the world's expert on feral children, as they're called, from Great Britain, Ms. Fry went. Uh, I forgot. I don't have her first name in front of me. But Fry uh, was uh, was taking a look at her, and after a series of cognitive tests, this according to the Telegraph. Fry concluded that Oksana has the mental capacity of a six-year-old and a dangerously low boredom threshold. She can count, but she can't add up. She can't read or spell her name correctly. The girl's in her 20s now. Hmm. She has learning difficulties, but she's not autistic, as children brought up by animals are sometimes assumed to be. She's proud of her huge wristwatch with its many ringtones, but she can't tell the time. (laughs) Experts agree that unless a child learns to speak by the age of five, the brain misses its window of opportunity to acquire language. I would say that's true. Defining a defining characteristic of being human. Oksana was able to learn to talk again because she had some childish speech before she was abandoned. At an orphanage school, they taught her to walk upright, to eat with her hands, and crucially, to communicate like a human being. Uh, What I think the amazing part is, is that she's got a dog, and... Uh, according to the, the the woman there, Ms. Fry, mm-hmm. Dr. Fry, um, she didn't really care much for the dog. Now she's decided she's human, and she cares about hanging out and being social with humans. The Very definite strange. Or no, it might. What it might be, Mark, is that when dogs are uh, dogs are in packs, they have a very distinct hierarchy. Right. And so it may simply be that she she believes she's the um the what is it the omega alpha, alpha female. I thought it was omega at the top. No, alpha. Okay, the alpha. Maybe she believes she's the alpha, and so she doesn't care about that dog. You know, she's going to feed it. She'll give it some scraps and that sort of thing, but she doesn't care about it like a normal human would care about it. Like, the alphas don't care that much about the uh, the lower-end dogs in their packs. Mm-hmm. I'm not a dog expert, but that's as I understand it. That's, it would explain that behavior. I guess. I mean, it, it's an explanation for right, that whereas, behavior. Whereas a human being would be all, oh, she's just a cute little puppy. She doesn't have that. She doesn't have that sort of behavior mechanism. She acts like a like she's a dog. Well, why why dog. even have a dog if you don't care then? I don't know. Oksana, maybe it makes her feel good just to be in a pack again. I don't know. Oksana was able to learn to talk again again because she had uh, the definition of a feral child. By the way, is one whom from a very young age has lived in isolation from human contact, unaware of human social behavior, and unexposed to language. 
The most famous was Victor of Eberron in 1797, portrayed in 1969's film The Wild Child by Francois Truffaut. In the 1800s, there was the caged boy Kaspar Hauser. Herzog's The Enigma of Kaspar Hauser came out in 1974. More recently, there was Jeannie, a girl who was kept in darkness for 13 years and discovered in California in 1970. Jeannie features alongside Oksana in the Channel 4 film as an example of gross neglect. Through an interpreter, Oksana tells Dr. Fry that her mother and father completely forgot about me. They argued and shouted. Her mother would hit her, and then she would pee herself in terror. She says she still goes off by herself into the woods when she's upset. You have to wonder which voice, animal or human, she uses when she gets there. Mm. Although she knows it's socially unacceptable to bark, she certainly can, as the opening footage of the documentary feral children demonstrates lisa plasco executive producer says she's been educated away from all those aspects of her past but privately i think she might bark the sound level may have been enhanced in the film but she certainly made those noises it was a similar show of canine behavior that scared off a recent boyfriend to be confronted with what she was put him off oksana seems to be happy about looking after cows at the barbaroi clinics in <laughs> salubrious farm outside of odessa it was dirty she herds cows that's awesome <laughs> dr fry says it was dirty terribly run down and primitive but in ukrainian terms very desirable her uh, carers are good people with the best interests of their charges at heart though there's no therapy as such oksana is doing things she's good at it was here that the <laughs> reunion cows. yeah yeah it was here with the reunion uh, that the reunion with her father was staged a few weeks ago of her That's mother, have been tricky. whom Oksana has not seen since infancy, there is no trace. Quote, we knew that she very much wanted to meet him, and we facilitated that, but we didn't orchestrate it. Fry was anxious about the way that the meeting was conducted. Oksana standing alone as her estranged father and half-sister Nina, whom she'd never met, came slowly towards her, cameras rolling. A crowd of her friends, agog, watched the spectacle, uh, spectacle from a distance. I thought it was a good idea for them to meet, but a very risky way of going about it. I felt that anything could happen. It could have split them apart permanently. It was very tense. There needed to be someone beside her holding her hand. She decided to bite. <laughs> or sniff somebody's butt. In the film, they stand awkwardly apart, and it's ages before anyone speaks. Hey, get your nose out of my crotch. Oksana, uh, Oksana breaks the silence. Hello, she says. Her father replies, I have come. The exchange is moving, and it's halting formality. Quote, I thank you that you have come. I wanted you to see me milk the cows said Oksana. Nina is the one who starts sobbing, and Oksana puts her arm around her. Hmm. Oksana has a romantic notion of returning to live with her impoverished father, but it's doubtful whether that will happen. Fry's guess is that she'll go for a holiday, see the reality of life there, and return to the familiar. Either that, or she'll see the dog hovel and crawl back home. Hmm. Oksana, capable of life beyond the institution, Fry is doubtful, saying she doesn't have the social or personal skills. She's had boyfriends, but she doesn't have the ability to form long-term relationships or to understand give and take. She would rather fall out than compromise. Mm. She's a very vulnerable person, and there's no protection for her outside of the institution that she's in. The dog girl will continue to be the subject of scientific scrutiny, but the sad reality is that, although the amelioration of her terrible history has gone a long way, it can probably go no further. 1-800-259-9231. She can't really get compromise, huh? Hard to ask any questions about this one. She's not going to go any farther. She's not going to go anywhere in the world if you if you can't compromise. I mean, yeah. really, there's just so much um, to human interaction that is compromise. Yeah, as I was saying, it's hard to ask a question about this. I mean, most people don't encounter feral children. Most people no. don't have any you know understanding of this. 
But I, I think feral children's a good. It's a good term. Um, it, you know, I mean, basically, if you have pigs that return to the wild and you know they become wild again, then mm-hmm. they're feral pigs. I just think it's a fascinating story. It is fascinating and a tragic all mm-hmm. at the same time. Parents kicking their essentially just throwing their daughter literally to the wolves. And the dogs, I mean, wow. I'm, it's just amazing. Like, you think of the, when you see the Jungle Book, you think this is fantasy, but mm. but it can really happen. Well, um, raised by dogs. But yeah, dogs. But dogs are domesticated uh, animal. Um, they. They're they're friendly towards humans. They want to be petted. You know mm-hmm. the 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 sort of uh, traits. She that, wouldn't have been old enough to pet them, though. She wouldn't understand that. But but that's they they don't understand that she's not. Um, you know they they know they like humans. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason the dogs are domesticated dogs is because they've hung around humans and been around humans, and the ones that uh, are best at being around humans are the ones that stuck around, and those are the ones that uh, were able to propagate. They got more food. Um, you know that whole thing. So. These dogs wanted to care for her to some extent. Yeah. You know? I mean, these aren't wolves. These I aren't think so. no, bears. These aren't tigers. These aren't... Uh, but they probably what, what weren't the, just... Uh, panthers. But now, to be fair, though, Mark, if they were the family's dogs, and that's not made very clear, if they were the family's dogs, and as a family full of alcoholics, these dogs probably weren't very domesticated. They were outdoor dogs... Probably maybe thrown some scraps, that sort of thing. I understand. But, I'm just saying that there's a there's an aspect of domestic domesticity there. I understand where you're coming from, but and not that science would ever ever allow this to happen. But wouldn't it have been fascinating because of ethics and all that? Yeah. But wouldn't it have been fascinating to actually have cameras there while she was being raised by the dogs to to see what the uh, the dynamic was like between her and the dogs to see if she developed into pack behavior if she uh, developed a position in the pack was she the alpha was she the lower end of the pack was she in the middle somewhere that would have been absolutely fascinating if if a parent decided to raise their child in this manner do you think they should be jailed <laughs> wow that's an interesting question i don't have an answer for you oh i'm going to go on record as yes it's Benny in here with you. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.